Good morning. My name is Serene Neddenrip, and I'm on the teaching team here at Faith Community Church. And it's my honor to lead us this morning into scripture and into considering the work of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday is where we remember what God did when he first filled the church with his Holy Spirit in Acts 2. So let me read. Acts 2, 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we're here for you this morning to worship you, to receive all that you have for us. Move on, move in us, move on us, pour out on us as we consider that first Pentecost. Fill us with your presence and your power. Amen. So Pentecost is actually a really fancy ancient way of saying 50. It's just a word that means 50. In Israel's calendar, the Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost, was a special one-day celebration that happened on the 50th day after Passover. As Christians, we know Passover as Good Friday, the day Jesus died on the cross. So seven weeks and seven Sabbaths after the Passover, they would have an extra Sabbath, or a feast day, with special sacrifices, acknowledging the full and complete work of God that had been done at Passover. And in Acts 1, the first chapter of Acts, we see that after Jesus is raised to life on Easter Sunday, he spends 40 days with his disciples, eating with them, showing them that he's really alive, giving them further instructions for how his work could continue in the future. And in Acts 1, it says, um, he tells them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, he'd talked about this before. He says, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus leaves them with these instructions. And then on the 40th day after Passover, he leaves. He ascends into heaven on some clouds. Spectacular story. Read it for yourself in Acts 1. And they go to Jerusalem because he's gone and they wait for this gift that they've been promised, the Holy Spirit. And for another nine days or so, they meet, they pray together. It's about 120 people doing any community business they can think of. They have to choose a 12th disciple because Judas had betrayed Jesus and now they're down to 11. And they're just together, not sure what to expect but waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit and praying. This isn't unlike how we meet together. We come here or on, online. We worship. We take care of any announcements or church business. We organize ourselves. And we come together to wait on the promises God has given us. So there are 40 days with Jesus. 10 days waiting, and on that 50th day, the day of Pentecost, that extra feast day that was set aside just for this, it says in Acts 2, the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, 
there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So I want to pause here because today what my plan is for us to look at that first Pentecost and then invite the Holy Spirit to do some Pentecost work in us and in our community. But I want to pause here because when I talk about the Holy Spirit, some of us get amped up right away. And I want to encourage those of you who love the Holy Spirit and are super comfortable and experienced um, in the Holy Spirit to just go with that. You have freedom to ignore me if God moves you to prayer right now for our church and for our community and for, to, for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jump ship on my sermon. Don't worry about me and my stories. If you're caught up in how awesome that first Pentecost was, that it's Pentecost Sunday and the worship is just still vibing with you, and that makes you hungry for more right now, go for it. Lean into that. Start praying right away. The church across the globe is asking God for Holy Spirit breakthrough today, that God would make us one body, a dynamic, rich, and deeply spiritual community. But I want to slow down before we jump into who the Holy Spirit is and asking Him to fill us, because I want to make space for all of us to be able to engage with this topic, and not everyone is amped immediately when the Holy Spirit comes up. There are a lot of reasons some of us might feel discomfort, discomfort or kind of weird about talking about the Holy Spirit, and the topic might bring up fear or funky memories of weird experiences or even abuses um, of supernatural um, experiences. And I think the Holy Spirit also brings up some of our biggest, hardest to answer questions about the mystery of God. For most of my Christian life, I was there. So I want to slow down and make sure all of us can move forward together as a whole community. I was pretty uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit for most of my Christian walk. And I found it really hard to engage with any topics around power, healing, anything that's like beyond my control. You feel me? I would, it's not that I didn't believe in the Holy Spirit or think that the Holy Spirit was powerful. It was just the opposite. I saw that the Holy Spirit was powerful and that made me very uncomfortable. And it was hard to understand. And if I can't wrap my mind around something, what I do is I lean back and I kind of cross my arms. And I'm not closed, but I'm not exactly open either. And I wasn't really sure what it meant for me to receive the Holy Spirit and what that would be like. So because it was unknown, I crossed my arms and I leaned back. I think the biggest thing I was worried about was the weird factor that I didn't want to become a weird Holy Spirit person. And I also just want to say, if you're a weird Holy person, Spirit person and you're in our community, we love you. We're really glad for your enthusiasm and your openness to God. But I'm just going to say, um, I didn't want to be like you. I, would, I, I was like, oh, that's kind of hard to relate to. And I was aware that it made some people uncomfortable and I didn't want to become unaware of people's discomfort around me. So a few years ago, though, my posture started to change about the Holy Spirit. 
some people I really respected were changing dramatically and they were talking about the Holy Spirit endlessly. I was so uncomfortable and I, because I loved these people, because I respected them so much, I couldn't ignore it. So I decided instead of, I can't ignore it, but I can't go with it either. So I just started doing some research on the side. I started reading stories about Holy Spirit leaders and experiences. And one person I read about was Amy Simple McPherson and some of her stories from her ministry. She's the woman who started Foursquare and she had a ministry of evangelism, healing, and baptizing people in the Holy Spirit. And many of her stories were for sure weird, just as I suspected, but they were also kind of interesting. And even more surprising, the stories of the presence and activity of the Holy Spirit rang true to what I already knew about God in scripture. And my arms had to come uncrossed and I started to lean in and I started to pray differently. I started asking, Holy Spirit, fill me in all my prayers. God was cultivating curiosity in me. He was cultivating an openness and a desire for more. And I started, um, if you need a starting point, I think you can start there. Just Holy Spirit, fill me. It's really basic. It's super challenging. It's right at the edge of your comfort level. Ask God to cultivate curiosity and openness in you too. And it's okay to be at a starting point. And as we move forward today, talking about the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit to fill us, I want to give you freedom to know where you're at now and just take a step forward. And together as a community, I want all of us to take a step forward together. So as I was learning more and becoming more open, becoming more curious and praying differently and learning about the Holy Spirit and experiencing the Holy Spirit for myself, I wanted more. The hungrier I got, the more I learned, the more of God in the Holy Spirit I wanted. So a few things about just who the Holy Spirit is. First of all, the Holy Spirit is mysterious. That's just true. And that's not going to stop the more you learn because the Holy Spirit is a person. Not every question that we have about God, in fact, the most profound questions that we have about life and about God can't be figured out by reading or thinking or debating. Our most profound questions are answered in experience, in relationship with God, by experiencing his presence. And that is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God's promise fulfilled. The whole, um, he promised this from the beginning to all of his children. It was always God's intention, but also Jesus pro promises the Holy Spirit personally to those who followed him. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. It will be better. You will do greater works and creates all this mystery and desire around the Holy Spirit when he leaves. So think about it. In Genesis, in the beginning, God's original intention was to be with his children, to be close to those he created, to be in relationship with them. And in the garden, you see some picture of that where they're walking, they're talking and relating very freely. But his children perceived the difference between creation and creator, and it caused a rift in their relationship. But it was a real distance. God is different 
than his creation. And then throughout the Old Testament, you see the ways that God seeks to be present to his people to cross this gap of difference. Uh, but his people still keep finding him to be too much, too big, kind of scary and different, too different to relate to. And God's desire to be close to us um, doesn't solve our desire uh, for control. So what, the, what his people did was they would send Moses. You go talk with God on our behalf. You're more comfortable with God. You do this for us. And then God would prov provided a whole temple system and priests and ways to mediate his relationship with his people across this great divide. And then we see in Jesus, God's making a new move to come even closer than he's ever been before. To come closer and to come to us in a way that's like us, a human. He comes as a human so that he can be in relationship with us. Closer, more relatable, but still there was felt distance and difference. And it's not close enough for God. Jesus was God dwelling with us, living with us, but still not dwelling in us. He's next to us. He could put his arm around us. He could comfort us, but it's still from the outside in. So when Jesus dies and is raised from the dead, he wins the right to make us his full children um, by sending the Holy Spirit. He, sent, he ascends to heaven and he says, there's something better for us than Jesus being physically present to us. What could be better than Jesus? Which brings us to the day of Pentecost, this passage, this story when God first fills his children with the Holy Spirit, fulfilling his all-time promise and intention to pour out his very spirit, to be close as close as close. The Holy Spirit closes that final gap between creation and creator and fills his kids with his full presence. Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead so that we could live resurrection lives. And often we stop when we preach the gospel there, just at the resurrection. But the whole gospel is that Jesus died and rose from the dead so that he could ascend to heaven and pour out his spirit on his church and empower us to live with his full presence and resurrection power in us. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' Spirit in us, not next to us, not close to us, but in us, filling us. And in Acts 2, this is the fulfillment of a longtime promise from the very beginning that God wants to be with us. So the Holy Spirit is God's end game for you and I also. To be close to us, not just close to the disciples in Acts 2, but you and I, our church, the Holy Spirit is how God fulfills his end game with us. Peter says it this way, all these crowds have come together because of the windstorm and the languages and they're like, what's going on? So Peter gets up and he explains this. He says, God raised Jesus from the dead. We are all witnesses of this. Now he's exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven and at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. 
just as you see and you hear today. The Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and you hear today. So the Holy Spirit is mysterious, and he's God's promise fulfilled, and he's also God's presence. The Holy Spirit is God's presence, and God's presence is holy. The distance that had made it hard for God to come close is because he's holy, and we're not. And although God says, be holy for I am holy, we can't. We just cannot grasp that. We cannot come close to that. We could try our whole lives and never achieve closeness with God. And because we can't grasp hold of that, God fills us with his Holy Spirit to make us holy from the inside out. It can't be achieved from the outside. God makes us holy by filling us with his spirit and in doing that, there becomes like this full alignment between creation and creator. And that's why repentance and obedience are part of receiving the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus says, I will baptize you with my Holy Spirit, is not about salvation. It's not the same thing. Salvation is repenting of your sins and deciding to follow Jesus as leader and savior of your life. But repentance from sin and, your, and that forgiveness that you receive when you're saved makes you available to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so that you can live that ongoing commitment uh, to, the, to God that you can't keep on your own. You can't make yourself holy to keep that commitment. So you need the Holy Spirit. It's a vital part of the Christian life. And we see that. Um, Peter also says that on the first Pentecost. When the people come together and he says, um, and they're speaking in multiple languages, it says that they were cut to the heart and they asked Peter, what should we do if all this is true? And Peter says, you must repent of your sins, turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And many do this. 3,000 repent of their sins, are forgiven, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Which brings us to a really important question that many, many ask when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Isn't the Holy Spirit already in us? And it's true that when you decide to follow Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. And believers do have that. But the language throughout Acts point to all these opportunities for the apostles to receive the Holy Spirit in full multiple times, especially for times of empowered ministry or boldness or, um, or acts, of, um, acts of miracles. So the Holy Spirit is the presence of God, and it's also the power of God. On that first Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is seen and heard. He rushes in like a loud windstorm. Flames rest on each person. These are raw power images. And he gives them abilities that are recognizably supernatural. Fire, wind, language, all things that can be seen, heard, and recognized by others. God's power is greater than ours. So the signs and wonders are supposed to bring credibility to the message, the good news that Jesus is God's son and died for our sins and was risen from the dead and is giving of the Holy Spirit. 
So when the Holy Spirit fills, it will often be accompanied by a manifestation, some kind of sign or um, experience that is more than your natural experience. Um, a sense of fullness, like on a personal level, you might feel really full or you might feel warm or a sense of um, indescribable joy or peace flooding you. And some feel like a little bit melty, like um, we call this slain in the spirit where they don't want to stand up anymore. And it, it's not out of control, but you can just sit down. Um, the Holy Spirit might also activate new gifts or abilities. And these are for credibility, for that the Holy Spirit is really present and is really filling. And this might be tongues, um, like a prayer language, um, or preaching, as, as you see Peter get up and do healing, or discernment, like a, a, an understanding of what God is doing around us, uh, or a gift of faith, or gifts for evangelism, leadership, gifts for worship, and just many, many more, just very diverse and endless. But it's not about as much, when it comes to the power of God, it's not as much about a particular experience that you want to have, uh, as much as God is encouraging and showing his, that the Holy Spirit activity um, is not easily dismissed or ignored. The power helps us not ignore that. Um, the question that goes with this is, isn't, does that make supernatural ministry weird or dangerous? Talked a little about, about weirdness earlier, and I think mostly supernatural ministry can for sure be weird, um, from the outside especially, but mostly this is when supernatural things are um, only about personal experience and they're disconnected from the mission of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is always most effective and powerful when it comes to um, when it's in, done in the context of mission, a people of God who are willing to be sent and used for the kingdom of God. And the signs and wonders bring credibility to a message that is being preached or shared. Um, it's not supposed to be a backroom experience like a Christianity 201. If you're a Christian long enough, we invite you into the back room to see how it's really done. It's not supposed to be that. It's actually supposed, Peter says the promise is for all. All you, all your children, and all who are far off. It's, it's a very equitable and open and accessible um, thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Um, but when it comes to the question of danger, I think we have experienced um, powerful things in our world are often dangerous because power is misused in our world. It's misused in the church. We've all used it inappropriately, and we've all experienced power as damaging and dangerous. But the Holy Spirit doesn't empower us to be more human in our human instincts to dominate. The Holy Spirit empowers us so that we can do the things Jesus did for the same reasons he did them. The Holy Spirit empowers us to heal, to free people from oppression, to comfort the brokenhearted, and to set free the oppressed. So the Holy Spirit is not just for us. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit, the presence and power of God, it's for both your personal intimacy with God, but also to be empowered for ministry. And when a community is filled with the Holy Spirit, 
it brings breakthrough change, a tangible shift in kingdom experience and fruitfulness. For kingdom experience, I want you to know all around us, God is moving all the time in your neighbors, in your city, at your work, in your colleagues, in your family, in your, in you. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're given the ability, the access to participate in God's kingdom moving all around our world. It's like you can start to see and hear and participate in the wonderful things God is doing and join in. So the Holy Spirit filling brings a new kind of kingdom experience. It also brings new kingdom fruitfulness. It coordinates us as a community, the same spirit in you and me and all of us as a community, even within our, our church and our city and our neighborhood, coordinates us and gives us a ministry. It empowers us to be an us and it sends us and makes us fruitful. Um, it gives us people to pray for and people to share the good news with Jesus. And it, it, it makes us effective at being believers. And it takes the, um, it, it empowers us to welcome and walk with people until they come to a mature faith in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is mysterious. The Holy Spirit is the presence and the power of God. The Holy Spirit empowers us personally and as a community for kingdom ministry. And these acts moments, like the stuff that we're reading about today, didn't just happen back then. Jesus is pouring out his Holy Spirit like this on his church all the time. He's filling his children all over the world with his presence and power and activating them for ministry. And I'm seeing God do something new in my world. Some of you know that I work with InterVarsity. It's a ministry for college students um, in, on campuses across the country. And we're primarily known for our academic and strategic ability. But lately, all we have been seeing is a hunger for the Holy Spirit among students. And it's doing something new in our ministry and for all of our leaders. We're hearing reports of miracles, signs and wonders being done as part of a campus outreach. Students meeting Jesus through Zoom and Instagram. Even with, um, even with all the campuses shut down, um, whole new ministries and campuses have been planted and started up because the Holy Spirit is at work and it's all beyond our abilities. And I keep finding out about new prayer gatherings that students are praying every day for their campuses and for God to break through there. We had a January conference for 1600 students that we had to adapt to be online and it was a slog. It was so hard to put on. We offered 40 or so seminars and panels and workshops and it was just such hard work to adapt it for the pandemic and we were all weary and usually our most popular seminars are how to do this or that kind of ministry how to plant this how to do evangelism but the ones that maxed out this time were anything about the holy spirit the gifts of the spirit praying in the spirit teaching on the holy spirit intro to the spirit um, this is new for us in intervarsity the healing seminar it was completely maxed out. We had to get a new Zoom, like we had to upgrade our Zoom account so we could fit more people in. And many were healed, some of chronic pain and disease. I've never seen that before in InterVarsity. And just this past weekend in Chicago, um, a group of students gathered. It was their first time gathering 
um, for, through the pandemic because most of the campuses are shut down. And they gathered to pray for 24 college campuses. They um, got an Airbnb and they all got into different rooms and prayed and they were preparing for ministry in the fall. Um, they also had some people that had to participate by Zoom. So they're kind of, it's kind of a split community. Again, lots of adaptation and it's like, how could this work well? How is this good ministry? Um, but on Saturday, they looked at this same Pentecost story and scripture that we're looking at today, and they asked themselves what it would look like if they were filled with the Holy Spirit. What would God do with them? And where would he send them? What gifts would he give them? So they prayed and waited for the Holy Spirit. My friend Jessica was leaving them, and she was on camera in one room, and the students are dispersed through the rest of the house. So she couldn't tell what was happening until she started getting texts from each of the rooms saying, that students were experiencing a filling of the Holy Spirit, many for the first time. And while each person experienced it maybe a little differently, the whole group felt that God was giving them, was empowering them and releasing them as a group for ministry on campuses. Several were given specific gifts. Some received the gift of tongues for praying and others received healing gifts and began to pray for healing for anyone who was wounded or hurting. Um, one group of young men were moved to tears as a group and someone prayed, um, prayed for them and their authority in Jesus. Um, overall, they all received what they needed for ministry and they started ministering to each other and then they went home and started sharing with their friends. One freshman who they met, because campuses were closed down, any freshman in our ministry are a really big deal. This man met them through Instagram, and he felt like the Holy Spirit had given him the gift of evangelism when he was filled with the Spirit. So they prayed for him and blessed him. Yeah, gift of evangelism, we bless you in that. The next morning, he stood up and invited anyone there to make a new commitment to Jesus who needed to do so. And one third of the students, these are students they kind of thought were Christians already, needed to make a fresh commitment to Jesus. So they made a new or a recommitment to follow Jesus. What I love about these stories is the freedom and the creativity and the diversity that the Holy Spirit does ministry in us. People experience it differently in a very personal way that honors that not all of us are in the same place when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives the community are diverse and generous, and um, they provide for the ministry that God wants this community to do. And it's not about just individual experiences. It's about the testimony of the Holy Spirit filled us and made a us and us. We're going to move into a time now of asking the Holy Spirit to fill us today. And we're going to give this some space and some time. Um, so I just, I want to, uh, if this is your first time doing this, just hang in there. Try not to cross your arms or lean back. Try and stay open and lean forward. And many of you have had experiences with the Holy Spirit and feel comfortable going into this because it's not as unknown for you. But what I want to leave us with is the question is not, as we go into this time, have I received the Holy Spirit already? Or is this the Holy Spirit? Or what will it be like? The question I want to anchor our time is, do you want more? Do you want more? Do you need more of God's presence and power in your life? Some of us don't have the capacity to want more of God because we just need more of God. And that place of 
That place of desperation comes from a year full of grief. But as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us and baptize us, like on that first Pentecost day, keep in mind that God knows all of your needs, knows your situation, knows your nervousness, knows your comfort level, and knows your questions, but still is willing to pour out and give you all of him. In Acts, Jesus does not invite, but commands the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit because he knows that the Holy Spirit will be vital for them as they live out their Christian life. He knows that you and I, like those disciples, need the Holy Spirit to overcome obstacles we face. Fear, doubt, confusion, discouragement, persecution. He knows it's vital for the church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. For teaching, scripture, prayer, miracles, we need this. We need this. Jesus knows we need to be full. We need God's presence and power. He suffered and died, was raised to life, ascended back to the Father, and is pouring out actively the Holy Spirit, filling and soaking all of God's children in power. Jesus says he will baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And I want to stop. The baptism of the Holy Spirit sounds like a religious rite. But Jesus is actually saying, I have a gift for you. I want to baptize you or dunk you or fill you or soak you in the Holy Spirit. My coworker Jason calls it soaking. And I just think it's a helpful way to think about baptism. After dunking, you're soaked dripping wet and when you get out you drip everywhere and you're, you leave puddled footprints all over the floor and if you were to sit down you would leave a puddle behind you and if you were to open a door you would leave water all over the doorknob so i want us to think of the baptism as like a soaking of the holy spirit a filling and soaking and i think it's especially helpful because when you get dried out you can jump back in. You can get refilled, re-soaked. And we're like that. Some of us are just dry. And you've experienced the Holy Spirit before, but you need a fresh soaking of God's Holy Spirit. On Pentecost, in Acts 2, the people see and hear this roaring wind. And they see the disciples who are freshly baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they... they with all of this, they interpret it and they say, "Are you? maybe they're drunk because they're audibly, visibly, tangibly full. And that's what I mean by soaking is that we would be so full that it would be obvious that we're full. Even if it creates funky interpretations, even if it looks funny to you or even the people around you, that we would be full of the Holy Spirit. What if each of us and our whole community where we lived a Holy Spirit soaked life. And when people came to our community, they recognized that we were a soaked people full of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go into, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us in a minute. And I just want to give us a couple tips for this time. One is to not judge whether you have feelings or no feelings, or you experience something or you don't. Sometimes, you won't experience anything specific or you won't feel different. But remember, the question isn't, did it happen? Did it work? 
it's still, do you want more? So you can come back the next day and ask for more. If nothing happens for you today, come back the next day and say, God, I want more. The feelings and experiences can be encouraging, but sometimes it can be discouraging if you don't experience what you're expecting. So we're just gonna go into this time expectant, but not with specific expectations. Um, you might experience something physical or emotional. Don't judge those. Um, you might find yourself being healed or experiencing some heat or warmth or like oil or liquid over you, or you might feel an urge to laugh um, or some kind of electricity. One of my friends kind of feels it like an electric thing. Um, you might feel moved to cry or um, trembling. Don't fight it. That's my pro tip for you. Don't fight it. God is good and trustworthy and knows you. If you feel confused or uncomfortable before shutting it down, ask the Holy Spirit for clarity and encouragement to keep, to keep going. But you can ask the Holy Spirit to let up rather than having to shut it down yourself. Um, finally, my pro tip is don't compare. If each of us experiences the Holy Spirit differently, don't, don't compare. Let the signs of God's presence among us encourage us to seek more together. So we're not going to compare. Instead, we're going to share. Anything you get, I'm going to be like, God, that sounds amazing. I would like that too. Pass that my way too. So I want to just give us a moment to reflect here. Where could you use more of the Holy Spirit? And we're going to listen. We're going to ask God and just give us a minute. I'm going to give us a minute to ask. Where in my life could I use more of you today? Just close your eyes wherever you are. Put out your hands if you'd like. Where in my life could I use more of you today? We're listening, God. Traditionally, the Holy Spirit was passed from person to person by the laying on of hands. We're not going to do that. And if you're online, we're especially not going to do that. Um, but we can adapt. We've been doing it all year, and the Holy Spirit has not been held up by social distance. Um, in fact, there are many um, stories of socially distant healing in the Bible. Um, but we're going to ask the Holy Spirit where would you like me to place my hands? And we're going to ask God for ourselves. Maybe God will lead you to put your palms up or to place your hands on your head or your heart or ask you to raise your hands in praise. Um, or maybe if healing is what you need from God today to place your hands on the injured part of your body. And as God directs you, obey. This step of obedience is the step of faith that will open us up to receive the Holy Spirit. God, where would you like us to place our hands to receive your Holy Spirit?
All right, so obey, and I will just pray us through this and lead us. I bless you with a fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I bless you to be filled and soaked with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill. And then we're going to wait. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit, thank you. Your presence is a gift. What are the gifts that you want to affirm and give your children today? What gift does the Holy Spirit want to give you? Just encourage you to keep listening. And as God gives you a gift, just say, I receive the gift of prayer or healing or faith, evangelism, leadership, the gift of tongues. Receive the gifts. I receive that gift, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to your children. Thank you, God, for the gifts you are giving your children. Thank you for the gift of your presence and your power. Holy Spirit, affirm these gifts for each of them and give each one opportunities to start using these gifts for your kingdom right away. Bring something to their mind as far as a, the next step that you're inviting them into. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, God, for your presence, your power. In your name, amen. Just as a pastoral word uh, to close us, it's easy to move on to the next thing really easily. Maybe it's time for lunch or um, it's easy to forget that the Holy Spirit spoke to you and what the Holy Spirit said. So 
just take a moment to either write down what the Holy Spirit was filling you with or how what you were experiencing or hearing from the Holy Spirit, any gifts that you received or next steps that you were given. Um, and take a moment to maybe find a time to, to schedule a time to follow up in the next couple days. Remember, it's not have you been filled or did it work today, but do you want more? Which brings us back every day. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want more. So I'm going to pray to close us, but if you are with the Holy Spirit right now and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and because this is on video, you have the option to stay there and not move on. Just because this recording ends does not mean you need to move on. Stay there, be filled with the Holy Spirit and make sure you tell us it, um, how you experience this at home. Holy Spirit, thank you for this community. I just, um, I just bless you, Faith Community Church, to be released by the Holy Spirit into jubilee, into laughter, to rejoicing, that hope and faith and song would rise up in you as, you as we celebrate the ongoing pouring out of the Holy Spirit today. Thank you for all the work that you did that I know you're doing on faith through video, through social distance. Uh, when, and Lord, we um, ask that you would activate and um, move us to good ministry as a church. In your name, Jesus. Amen.